0: Are listening to the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. Yo, know, what is going on? It's episode 11 of the Heel Turn Collective podcast, your flagship show of the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. I am, of course, your esteemed host, that is the host with the most, Lance. And I got to tell you, I brought the Calvary as usual. My boy Shane is with me once again. What's going on, Shane? Absolutely
1: nothing. This is episode four. That I am sunburnt. Um, yeah, and, and I have jury jury duty in two days. So,
0: all right, the sunburned saga for Shane continues. Yep. Uh, those who those who are a fan of alliteration will enjoy that, but. Uh, Shane is sunburned, and he has jury duty. So that sucks to be you. What are the chances that you actually get to do a cool case, though? Um, I'm
1: going to put it on zero percent. I mean, I'd like to think that this is going to be some, you know, some crazy, like, white-collar crime sort of thing where it's, like, uh, some, like, you know, federal, you know, uh, money laundering sort of thing. Uh, uh But I'm sure it's just going to be some sort of, like, um, you know, some someone trying to fight a
0: speeding ticket or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you want to be that guy that breaks something wide open. Like, yeah, <laughs> the juror, Shane Douglas, Miles, He's like, like, something's not adding up here.
1: Um, and then I ask some crazy question, and I literally just get like, and just you know, the whole court is just like, oh. <gasps> And then they like offer me a job to be a judge
0: or an an attorney or something. Yeah, they just offer you a job. Like Shane, can we see your resume just
1: in case? Time out, real quick here um, on the case. Um, We're gonna get back to you know putting you in prison or not. But son, in the jury, you want a job? Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Uh, Look, you've been showing a lot of unbiased going on, and you know, I wonder if I
1: did if I wore like the detective's cap, like if they would find that funny
0: while I was on the jury. I mean, you'd be like Sherlock Holmes. You yep. have a little mop and shit, you know, and then you're just like, I don't think he did it or whatever. I have a terrible Sherlock Holmes impression. But, um, Whatever. Sue me, man. I am. A, I'm just a I'm a I'm a hey, faithful hope. I might have the animal. power to sue you
1: Um, after this week. So
0: that, that is very true. I mean, uh, who knows? Who yep. who knows what's going to come of Jerry duty? But we're very excited for you, Shane. Please keep us posted. Yeah how all that works but yep this is the heel turn collective podcast brought to you by the heel turn collective radio network and um uh, this week we we're gonna have george from stick Year guns but we had too much to talk about so we kind of postponed that episode a little bit mm-hmm. trust me we're gonna get george on george is gonna talk to us about a bunch of stuff but this week there's so much going on sports wise and i'm still literally in the last 24 hours even I'm still sick, so if you hear me going in and out, I'm sorry. I'm trying to do what I can. <laughs> COVID is taking me over. I am, I am almost dead. I believe. Uh, if you missed it, word up or bird up on Sunday, me and Jordan yep. Dukes actually did my eulogy. Please go check it out. It's uh, one of the best segments I've ever done in my life. We talk about me dying for about 20 minutes. It is so good.
1: it is good. Uh,
0: yeah. So make sure you check that out. Not biased at all or anything. But no. No. Um, no. Yeah. us we got a what what what, what were you going to say Shane i didn't mean to interrupt you my uh, friend i said us biased no please no come on now. uh we are the host with the most though and we're here to to chew bubble gum and kick ass and we're all out of bubble gum right mhm mhm right. unbelievable so it's time to open up a can of whoop ass today though but uh so we uh, we have a bunch to talk about we're actually going to start a six part series today where we kind of break down some of our favorite records from a particular band Break them down from front to back. What we like, what we don't like, what has really kind of transformed us towards that band, and uh, today's record number one for that. So we're gonna check that out, and then we got all kinds of sports shit going on. Trust me, you're this is this is the episode. If you're a big sports fan, you're not gonna want to miss here. Me and Shane got all kinds of shit going on, right, Shane? Oh yeah, it's gonna be flying off the handle today. This is gonna be wild. So, but without further ado, man, you just want to get the shit rolling. Let's roll. All right, so let's talk some shit and get our asses whipped. Let's rock and roll. So today, like I mentioned a little bit in the intro, we're going to be starting a six-part series um, on this particular band that uh, really has ha- has been defining for both of us. Um, a-, a band that I think is uh, is legendary in the sense of they they really need no introduction, right Shane? Not, not even a little bit, nope. Come on now. Now, um this band also ties in with our heel of the week this week not to give away any spoilers but we're going to get to that at the end of the show and there's only one way i believe you can actually give this band an intro so let's start it up yep all right for those who don't know slipknot is the band that we are talking about today we're going to be breaking down their first record which is the self-titled we could do Make Feed Kill Repeat, which is the first EP they ever came out with, but <laughs> full disclosure, never heard that record. And I think they just have a bunch of songs uh on the self titled that were on Make Feed Kill Repeat. So yep. I mean it's whatever. But yeah, obviously we're talking about Slipknot's self titled first record. It came out on Roadrunner Records. Uh it got released June 29th, nineteen ninety nine. Hard to believe record's been out twenty one years already. Jeez. And uh I mean, right off the bat, if you just look at the cover, right, if you're just looking at the cover, it's got nine dudes with masks on. I remember buying this record and being like, what the fuck am I about to get into? Yeah. Um, It's something that I did not know. I I don't think I was ready for. It was something that uh, I and then when I finally listened to it, I, you know, um, just really got into this band. Believe it or not, though, here's a hot take for you, Shane. I don't think this record is from front to back, you know, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. not my favorite Slipknot record. Though. Yeah. What do you think? No, I'd agree with that. I know like a lot
1: of, a lot of purists and elitists will put this at the top, but it's, I think it's too all over the
0: place. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I mean, it's not really focused. And obviously you're going to have that with the first record. Yeah. But uh, continue.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, gosh, yeah, it, it is. You kind of would expect that from a nine piece band in 1999, but um, yeah, but no, you, you, you kind of nailed it with the whole cover thing. Like I remember, um, obviously I didn't listen to it in 1999 because I would have been six years old, but, um, yeah. uh, but no, yeah, it's kind of a, like, yeah, like you look at the cover and it, and you're just like, this is going to be a freaking whirlwind. Um, yeah, this, absolutely. this is probably my favorite, um, actually not my favorite mask overall era, but, uh, Sid, um, the turntable player, um, uh-huh. Probably my favorite mask of his personally. Wow. Um Okay. I feel it. But no, yeah, it um it's just like unbelievably raw, which I think like yeah. even though looking back on it now, I mean back then I was I was super stoked about it because it was a heavy record, so it didn't matter. But um Yeah. But looking back on it now, kind of having a little bit more of a ref- like refined palette, um, yeah, it's just a little bit too hectic. Still great, obviously, yeah. but it's just not in the top three for me.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's paced okay. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you start the record with the the countdown, You know the numbers that they made this kind of their signature where they have just kind of noises going on. And that goes straight into the second song called Sick. That song is heavy as fuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's something that uh, I got to tell you, man. Um, sick for a way to open the CD, that's a perfect way to describe this song. Yeah. It's one of my favorite Slipknot songs. It's weird because Slipknot is one of those bands that like the songs that on this record are the songs that I like I I love, but the songs that I don't like, the songs that I find boring are just are terrible. Yeah, yeah. We're I like, this, nah. Yeah. I think the first four songs on this record, Sick, Eyeless, Wait and Bleed, and Surfacing are all bangers. Yep. All of them.
1: dude. There's... like I think it kind of has the, and I'm curious, like if you'll, if you'll understand what I'm saying on this one, but it has a very similar thing that happens to, uh, um, satellite by POD where it's like yeah. the first half of that record is just like, this is all hits. And then like, uh-huh. you get to like song, I think like
0: seven on that record. And you're just kind of like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is kind of what's going on right now. Yep. You know? But, uh, you know, Ross Robinson, they recorded mm-hmm. uh, the record with him. He's a He was a big producer in the early 2000s for a lot of the new metal bands. Yeah. Um, and then they signed with Roadrunner Records, obviously. Um, the thing about this record that's really interesting is when they were touring on it, I remember hearing this somewhere. They were actually touring with the band called Cold Chamber. I don't know if you ever heard Cold Chamber. Yep, but um, They were touring with them, and people were coming to see Slipknot and then leaving after Slipknot, even though Cold Chamber was headlining. Yeah. So I remember hearing an interview with Corey Taylor saying that uh, after this Slipknot never ever played a support tour again. They you never imagine? did a support tour. Which is how many bands could say they can honestly do that? None. I mean, there's none. Like there's, I I can't unless you're fucking Metallica. You know, unless you're fucking Metallica,
1: yeah. man. But even you know, then, like, how? I, I I mean, I hate Metallica, so it is what it is. But take it back no um nope. but uh i can't think of another band that's on even from this time frame that was doing that did one big like because that would have been like a stadium tour or like some sort of yeah thing, like like a you know bigger venue sort of thing like that who did uh-huh. one support tour like that and then from there on out it was your show
0: yeah after that you know a band like metallica like it's funny you bring that up but a band like metallica they, they uh I mean, when's the last time you think Metallica ever did support on a tour ever? Like, I'm dead serious. When's the last time they took anybody on tour? You know, like when's the last time there was another band on the bill? Because normally they're paying, they're playing two and a half fucking hours. You know, yeah, yep. Uh, Which I would still love to see, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, I mean this this record here, man. From the first song, "Sick," you're like, wow, this is fucking insanity. Mm -hmm. Like, what's going on right now? I think this is Corey Taylor being pissed off. And I think this is, actually, this is the whole band being pissed off. Yep. When you hear a song like Sick and then Eyeless, when you hear the end of Eyeless, man, it makes you want to. Like- <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you. like, And we're going to talk about Iowa next week. And Iowa, I'm going to try to be as unbiased as I can, but that's my favorite Slipknot record of all mm. time. Uh, but this one here, was it, it actually got named um, one of the best, the best uh, debut record in the last 25 years. In 2011, which I kind of agree with. Yeah. Because Uh, I was
1: just just kind of thinking, like thinking about it, like in my head there, I was just like, yeah, I can't think of a single other debut record, Where I was like, yep, that's the one.
0: Even though it's not, you know, even though it's not my favorite in their catalog, that should tell you how strong it is, Mm -hmm. how strong their catalog is, you know? Yeah. They they Uh,
1: don't, they don't have a fundamentally bad record.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're going to kind of get into all hope. has gone down the line a little bit and, you know, talk about some stuff like that, but uh, but right now, man, I mean, the self titled record, um, mm-hmm. it's the songs that stick out to me. Like I said, sick, eyeless, wait and bleed, surfacing, um, spit it out is okay. I think it's pretty touted. I- I'm not the biggest fan of it. And then that's the a sleeper live song. Record. I think yeah. spit oh, it out's a
1: live song. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, uh, and then I think the 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 song for me that's a little. Uh, underrated would be liberate. Yep, I think that opening riff is sick. I agree with and, that. And uh, yeah, no pun intended. Uh, and then, uh, funny enough, I actually saw Slipknot in 2009, and they played prosthetics, which is something they don't play very often. Yeah. And uh, there's actually a song on the record, Tattered and Torn, that was written by the original guys in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donnie Steele and, and Anders were in the band uh, as well as a couple other guys before it was the Slipknot we know today. So. Mm-hmm. Um, look, as a debut record, it punched you in the fucking face, man. Yep, and that's all you can say about it. That that's yeah. what it did. And even though, like I said, even though it's not my favorite record, I think that it is something that uh, should be should be touted as a as a great, fantastic mm-hmm. piece of work. And uh, I think that Slipknot was pretty revolutionary for the time. What do you think? No, I I absolutely agree with that. The other thing I
1: was thinking too is like as far as laying the groundworks for a band, um, yeah. There's obviously we are, we are, we already said about the best debut record in the last 25 years. Um, Yeah. But there's not a like, there's debut record that is great, and then there's a debut record that puts you at a point of being larger
0: than life. Yeah. Uh, um, Already, you know, and it was something that first record. Yeah. I mean, they were doing Ozfest. I remember they were doing Ozfest in like 99, 2000, you know, and it was something, man. Mm hmm. It was something because you'd never seen anything like that before. You know, when you saw the live video for Wait and Bleed, you were just like, this shit is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and this is a little bit before, believe it or not, this is a little bit before our time, Shano. Uh, This is something that, uh, when this record came out, I was only 11 years old. So Mm -hmm. it's not like, it's not like I was like knee deep and, you know, listening to what what I listen to now, so your pants were um, a little me, too new metal back then, but yes, absolutely, my pants were very new metal back then, Jinkos only. But um, I think it's I think Slipknot should be commended for what they do percussion wise, mm-hmm. because for those who don't know, they have three drummers in the band. They have the actual drummer, yeah. and then they have the two percussionists. Well, so I think that's something they brought to the table It was a little different.
1: I love that, uh, but I am going to be real with you; they have two and a half um obviously yeah drums that player Jay Weinberg now and then tortilla man or whatever the heck they're calling him um yeah. clown doesn't really play drums um he no, like he's more like a backup vocal mind you mind you he does hit drums he hits drums yeah he does not play drums. Like he's fundamentally not good at drums. Um Yeah, he's just he's he, just
0: pounding on the keg. You know, that's by he's far
1: doing. the worst percussionist in Slipknot. Like <laughs> even whenever like Chris Fane was in the band, like um watching the shot by like the sh- the shot changes where it'd show Chris playing and then show Clown playing, you're like, oh, Chris actually has played drums in his life at like a moderate level, like high level. Yeah. Yeah. It still looks like Clown does not know how to play drums. Um. Yes,
0: I, I tend to agree with that. Um, also, I, the, their sampler, Craig Jones, yep. is there any dude that gets paid more to do less?
1: I mean, honestly. I mean, he's just pressing he's not, sample buttons. What I do, come on, man. yes.
0: You got, a, um. you got a sampler and a DJ. Like, yep. This shit is wild, man. This is why you have nine guys. Yep. And it's one of those things where it's like, do you need nine guys? Yes. Probably not but if yeah you know, probably kidding, not. Yeah. i had to it. yeah i don't think Slipknot i was playing local vfw halls you know what i'm saying like i don't well, think I,
1: that they were i watched the thing cuz I've, I've there's like a handful of uh, slipknot autobiographies um on youtube which are super super easy to look up if no one's ever looked it up there's like a um there's like legitimately three or four like high quality slipknot autobiographies on youtube but the one they said that one of the their like first couple of shows, they would all walk through the crowd to get to the stage. Um which of I believe. They would. Which I believe this is pre-Corey Taylor. And I think this is when I believe Chris Fain was doing vocals at this point.
0: Yeah, or something um, like that. I remember Corey, I remember watching an interview and Corey said that he actually joined the band. Um he actually joined the band after seeing them play live and, and shit. And he said to himself, I'm going to be the vocalist of this band. And then. Yeah. Which is actually pretty fucking cool. Yep. If you think about it. Yeah. But um, the one song, Eeyore, it's a hidden track at the end of Scissors. That's a that's actually a pretty sweet song too. Yep. Uh, there was another one, uh, Purity, I believe was on this record, wasn't it? It was one of the, uh, or is that Iowa? I believe that's Iowa. Oh, yeah, that might have been Iowa. So, mm-hmm. uh, but 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 either way, um, I think that uh, from top to bottom, the record is good. Yeah. It's not my favorite Slipknot record again, but it's yeah. good. You know what yeah. I mean? It's something that uh, I feel like deserves to get a little recognition. Yeah, you know. So, um, dude, we.
1: So I was like late last year. Um, my roommate and I went up to the Pepsi Center up in Denver and saw. Um, like it was them, that Volbeat behemoth and yeah, behemoth. Uh, yeah. Um Gojira uh, tour. Yeah. And they played spit it out live. And that was also, th- that was actually the 20 year anniversary of the self titled. Um, So I like got like the hat with like the barcode logo and all that fun stuff on it. Um, But uh, they played actually spit it out live. Like they like started playing it. And it's like, okay, this is spit it out. This is cool. And, I literally remember thinking this is, the, like, like how I said a couple like couple minutes ago where I said that it's more of a live song. Like, I've never felt a more energized venue than watching Spit It Out Live at the Pepsi Center. Like, yeah, it was crazy, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was uh,
0: – that's the thing, though. Like, when I saw him, I saw him on, like, Mayhem Fest 09 and, like mm-hmm. – like I've always been kind of a big Slipknot guy, but for some reason I just wasn't super into them when I saw them. Yeah, and kind of bums me out now because I listen to those records back, and I'm like, wow, these were, these were all solid. You know, they, yeah. they, these were all good pieces of work. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Slipknot for me always has a, uh, you know, a, a close place in my heart because I love new metal. I mm-hmm. love it. People that tell me. That they fucking hate Limp Biscuit. Well, I hate you because I love that fucking band, <laughs> and so I think that it's uh, look. I think it's a good record. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's not my favorite, but uh, it definitely deserves some recognition. Yeah. And it is the first record we would be talking about yeah. in this series, don't you think, Shane? Yeah,
1: it, it does. A uh, yeah, like I said, like it's it sets the tone for that for that for this band, and it's kind of funny, like looking like. I know this is this is focused on this self-titled record, but looking looking at where this sits in the context of their discography, um, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's it just set the tone really, really high. And yeah. I think it. Um, they were able to keep up that energy for the throughout their entire discography.
0: Yeah, what's what's weird is like Subnauts, one of those rare bands that like you can feel the energy coming through the record when you hear it. Yep. you're just like wow this is unfucking real dude this is yeah and we're gonna talk about Iowa next week and stuff but that's well, an absolute assault of, of your just senses yeah. listening to Iowa I,
1: well I believe this is also the same one where I can't I believe um, Jim is in this band or like in the band yeah. at this point because um, that was another thing too is that he got asked like three times to be in Slipknot before he said yes
0: yeah um, uh, actually he only recorded two songs on this record Um, I can't remember if it was this or Iowa
1: that he said that it was that Rick Rubin Uh who recorded it. Um, Yeah. That he, he said that Rick Rubin kicked a guitar out of his hands while recording because it was like, um, he had some like, like $3,000 guitar and Rick Rubin, like in the middle of a take, kicked the guitar out of his his hands was just kind of like, and essentially said like $3,000 guitars are sweet, but if you're, but like if the energy isn't there, it doesn't matter. Um, and it like, and I guess it like it shaped, uh, the way like Jim approached tracking and writing.
0: Um, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, if you think about it, man, like that's because any band that enters the studio, the the first thing they want to fucking do is be like, yo, we're trying to capture that live feeling on a record. And with a band like something it's almost impossible to do yeah because that band is so much in your face energy
1: which is even crazy be, like because they do it like th- their records obviously there's so many like so much layer and there's so much orchestration going on um but still it doesn't sound like this overproduced studio band yeah. thing
0: like it just sounds like you know it just sounds like what slipknot is supposed to be sounding like so yep yeah um but, i mean that kind of brings us to the end of the self-titled record look uh we're all big fans of it. Anyone that hasn't listened to it yet, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that's a Slipknot self title. We're going to break down all the other records next week, as Iowa, obviously, the week after mm-hmm. volume three. So we're going to be getting into those. And, uh, yeah, Shane, I mean, do you have any final thoughts, man, before we move on to the, uh, to the show today?
1: No, I'm, uh, I mean, definitely like the self titled wasn't the, uh, like I said, not my top three, uh, but still it's a, uh it laid the bricks for, for what ended up being, you know, a historically important band.
0: Yeah, for real. So, but, uh, yep. So that's, that concludes our slipknot retrospective for today. Uh, we're going to kind of get into the regular show today where we talk mostly about sports, but we'd like to, we'd like to keep the music kind of alive because a lot of the guests that we have on here are very music oriented. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talk some sports with them. So, uh, we like to kind of keep both avenues open. We talk, we just talk all kinds of shit on here. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't checked this out yet, make sure you go check out the rest of the episodes in the archives and see for yourself. But with that being said, Shano, we got a lot of sports news to get into this week, buddy. <sighs> Jesus, we criminy. got a lot to unpack. Yes, we do. So let's start with this one. Uh, so I mean, COVID's running. COVID's running rampant. I don't think we're breaking any news yeah. there, right? Yep. I mean, it's. It's, it's pretty bad right now. It's steamrolling, and it doesn't appear to be slowing down. So, Yeah, you're right. It's a, And we're about to get a second wave here. Me and Shane are both in agreement. We don't think there's going to be an NFL season this year, or at least there shouldn't be. But uh, the powers that be might have something else to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as college football goes, now college football is a little bit different to yeah. me. College football is one of those things where it's like, you're not paying your players. So if I was a college player, I would be telling them to kiss my ass. I'm not playing. Yeah. I'm not getting paid for this. Yep. You know, you're exploiting well, me well, but and Lance, you're using me. But
1: Lance, but Lance, they're getting a free education and
0: that you can't put a yeah, price tag kiss on my that. ass. With that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know a lot of people that didn't get a free education are still fucking working at Walmart. So, yep. uh, what difference does that make? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of the players in the Pac-12 kind of agree with us, buddy. Yep. Um, a lot of players in the Pac-12 are opting not to play. They're like boycotting, you know. Um, they're saying, you know what? Um, we're not going to be exposed to this. You know, yep. it's it's we're not going to uh, put ourselves at risk when it comes to stuff like this. You know, mm-hmm. um, they threatened to bo- They're threatening to boycott completely if their health and social justice demands aren't not met, yep. which I think is, Hey man, kudos to you. Yeah. Kudos yeah. to you. You know, And this kind of,
1: uh, we actually have like a direct, direct, like a quote from one of the representing players. Um, I believe this is the UCLA defensive back, Elijah um, Goidry. I might've pronounced that wrong, but um, he said, there's not enough transparency about health risks, no uniformity to ensure we're all safe when we play each other and no adequate enforcement infrastructure. NCAA sports has truly failed us. It doesn't enforce any health and safety standards. We believe a football season under these conditions would be reckless and to put us at needless risk. We will not play until there's a real change that is acceptable to us. And I think, I mean, that's nailed it. I mean, because that's the thing is like, I I think the reasons why the NFL season shouldn't exist or shouldn't happen this year is, you know, there's 54, 55 players um, in an NFL team, and that's you know not including yeah. staff uh, that are going to be traveling. Whereas NCAA, I believe there's like 70 players to a team, um, and then and then adding on even more staff, more training, all that fun stuff. Like yeah. it, this would be. I, I think this is this is 100 just putting like athletes at risk. Um and especially in this situation where there's no like you said, there's no money at stake here. There's not like you expect these players to just put all their their individual lot like individual safety and health. And then indirectly this or not indirectly, directly this affects if they if they have to quarantine, they're missing two weeks of classes. Um yeah. they have family. So, I mean, like there's just yeah like, for, for not getting paid, like, it's just like, why would they? Like, I wouldn't either.
0: Yeah, like, it's like, and you hate to take a stand like that. You hate to be like, yo, dog, like, I'm not going to. But but there's just so much at stake here. Yeah. There's really a lot at stake here. I mean, because if we're just breaking it down to its m- most minute detail, these guys are trying to go to the NFL. Yeah. Yep. If anything, and, like, it's, if
1: anything, this is, these are probably the hungriest players at this point. Yeah, you know what I mean because it's they they're either fighting for that for that door to get into the nfl like so they're either locked and loaded they know they're going to the nfl to some capacity or yeah they're at that talent level where it's like i'm not i'm not that point where i'm a lock for the nfl and i have no idea what my plan b is so it's like you have this like this just gross amount of not, not gross like in a like disgusting sort of way, but a large amount of people um, trying to prove their worth to get to the next level and try and, you know, help their families, help their, you know, their friends from home, like local communities all that fun stuff. It's just kind of like, and even then they're like, eh, the question marks of this is not worth it.
0: Yeah. I think that same question. I think this is the same question along the lines of somebody who sits at a bowl game. You know, mm. I think it's kind of the same deal. Yeah. Because. Yeah. You, oh my gosh. Because, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the same deal. A lot of people give them shit. I can't believe you're going to really just let your team down like that. Like at the end of the day, man. And this is why college football and college sports in general don't mean as much to me as they do to other people. Yeah. Um, for me, I think that. <sighs> so how do I put this? Um. <laughs> I think that something like that, for me, Mm -hmm. just doesn't resonate as much as, um, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't mean as much to me because I'm at the point where, look, these guys, okay, so how do I put this? (laughs) College athletes, you almost have to put yourself in front of the team because you don't get paid. Yeah. You don't, you know, and I get it, you're spending a lot of time with these guys and and stuff, but you're you're setting yourself up for a better future. Yeah. So why put yourself at unnecessary risk when you don't have to? Somebody like Christian McCaffrey, who you know is gonna be a stud Mm -hmm. in the NFL. He sits out a, a bowl game at Stanford and everybody crucifies this kid. Yeah. Crucifies him. Says he's not a team player. Things like that, and now what's he doing in Carolina? Oh, I don't know. He's just a top five running back in the he, NFL. He's just the Probably face of his three. team right now.
1: Like, yeah, exactly. That, it, it, that's it, what I'm saying. It's very like you, you like you brought up, a, like literally while you were saying that, brought up a good point. And I didn't even think about it. The, um, the whole reason people set out bowl games because it's like, well, like I get hurt in this bowl game, it's three months till draft time. I could potentially lose tens of millions of dollars if I get hurt. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, you could. And in the same way, like I think this, 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 I, I imagine this kind of part of the thought process of these, of these Pac-12 players is, say, you're a quarterback, your, yeah. your left tackle gets, gets on the COVID list and can't play. All of a uh-huh. sudden, you have the drastic talent drop off from your starter to, you know, your your backup or whatever, or, or even third string in this situation. Yeah, and if you have some freak athlete lined up across from him, you could get your head taken off.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, see Jadavie and Clowney against uh, what was that, Michigan? Michigan? Yep. Where he just, I mean, just destroyed that guy.
1: Yeah, that's like you know, that's the thing too. Where it's like there's, especially in the NCAA, um, which makes for great things, but also makes for really really lopsided things. Is in the NFL, there's. NFL, like there's NFL caliber players at every position at all times, even if they're not good. Whereas in the NCAA, if you're lucky, half of your, like half of your starting lineup, or I mean, half is best case scenario is NFL caliber.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, and we made this argument last week a little bit, you know, the people that are like, oh, well, Could Alabama beat an NFL team? No, because not everybody's an NFL starter. Mm -hmm. Like, and in the NFL, obviously they're all NFL starters. Are they bad? Yes, I think there are a lot of teams in the NFL that are really bad, and they are going to be bad for the foreseeable future. Yep, I'm looking at you, Vegas, and I'm looking at you, a couple of other teams that are just gonna. I mean,
1: don't you worry about Vegas. Um, Yeah, my boy Eminem is going to take over and. uh... He's, he's going to lead that team to a, to just destruction. Don't you worry?
0: I mean, if we're talking, if we're talking straight up about this, uh, the Detroit Lions. Yep. When have they? When's the last time they won eleven games and really just went deep in the
1: playoffs? I can't even think of think the last time. I, I can't even
0: games. think of a time. Why do you think Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders retired? <laughs> literally early? left. Yeah, exactly. Because they knew they weren't going to win shit. So, yep. but I mean. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of other conferences doing this, a lot of mm-hmm. big time players sitting out. I don't, I think the college football season's getting moved to spring. I don't know about you. Yeah. I think they're going to move it to spring and they're just going to, you know, they're just going to hope it I, sticks. Um, yeah. They're going to hope that, that everything can kind of work out and they're going to hope that God damn it. Can we please have a season then? And like I said, college football doesn't really mean anything to me. So if there was no season, I, I would be all right with it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't care about college football that much. I think the parody in college football is really hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I just don't enjoy watching Auburn beat air force a hundred to nothing. I just don't enjoy that. Like like, there's no point,
1: even on like a more like grandiose scale, like, you know, like Alabama playing the, we always make the joke of Alabama playing the Virginia automotives, like technology center. Like,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, and you, you have these juggernaut teams that play these little teams, and they just fucking squash them. Yep. And it's like, I don't need to see, you know, Jalen Hurts throw for eight touchdowns. I yeah. just don't. Like, literally, like, like,
1: the WWE has, like, squash matches. Like, the NCAA yeah. has squash games. Yeah, like the $50 these dollar like, guys. These like, like they division, get in these, like, Division 5 schools will pay a million dollars to get clobbered on national television. Yeah. Like, hey, man. Just, we're gonna so, they pay can, your just so they can say it as a recruiting tool, we'll drop the line of like, "Well, like, we can get you on national television," but they leave out the part yeah. where it's like, "We're going to get you slaughtered and killed on national television." Yeah. So we're
0: going to get you on that. Yeah, they're, when they're recruiting you, <laughs> all right. So Shane, we're going to get you on national oh. television one week. Man, by the way, you'll be playing the Alabama Crimson Tide. Well, oh, and I, coach, going to coach, Maryland. Coach, State? do you think? Coach, do you think we have a chance? No. Like, how does a coach even prepare a team for that? Like, at no hey, point are they going to uh, be like, boys, "Yeah, team, we're going to win." Boys, look, we got we
1: got a whole summer. Um, we're going to go in there and we're going to steamroll the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, our best okay, player King on the Freeman. their their our best player on our team is a two and a half star recruit. Um, yes,
0: who who his only D one scholarship was to Alcorn State. You know, <laughs> so it's just like. So guys, let's get you fired up here. We're gonna go play Alabama, and they got one quarter stick. at a time, one play yeah. at a time. Well, seven of their defensive players are going to go in the first round of the NFL draft, and they're all going to be playing on Sundays. But don't worry, guys. Don't. It's also, time. Don't
1: worry. Their their average offensive lineman size is about six foot six too. So
0: yeah, you know, I mean, we and, got it. We're just gonna run it down their throat. You know, we're really just gonna pound the ball, and from there, uh, you know, we'll take it from there. You know, how can any college recruit go, Coach? I believe you, Coach. (laughs) I think that you're exactly right. There's no fucking way, man. There's no way. Like, no matter what they said. Like, I'm a realist, man. Yeah, I'm like some of these kids are 20 years old. They don't live in some fucking fantasy land. These guys are gonna stomp all over us, man. Yep they
1: they they grew up watching ESPN. Like they, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, they grew up watching ESPN. You're right. So they've seen all this shit already, you know?
1: So but crazy.
0: I don't know. Like, I know a couple of years ago there was a team that they played like Alabama one week and then they played Virginia Tech and they got beat collectively like 160 to nothing. Yep. And I'm just yeah. like, what fun is that? <laughs> oh, by the way, you're going to feel like you got ran over by a truck. Well, don't worry. You were on well, national team.
1: Just in the hopes. That one season you're going to be the Appalachian State to someone's Michigan,
0: yeah. Like just, just to, that like, rare once in a twenty-year kind of thing. Yep. You know that your Appalachian State or your fucking you know uh, whoever else beating Pitt or whatever. I think Alcorn State or something. You know. Yep. Uh, the Mississippi. You know that it's all these teams that are Florida Atlantic beating Alabama would be fucking. It would shake the college football yeah. to its core. You know. But, well, the but thing like. That, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, like, some of these games, man, like, it's just like, they're not even fun to bet on. Yep. I remember looking at a college football slip once, and Alabama was getting 59 points. So to cover the spread, they had to win by at least 60. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I got to take that every time, and yep. you know Alabama's going to fucking weenie Yep. you know? That's well, just the way it is. Well, the thing
1: that I'm thinking about this, like, with this whole Pac-12 potential lockout or opt-out is do – what happens if other conferences lead the way here or like follow suit, especially like, I mean, we we were, we talked a little bit off air about it. Like we're not talking to like the mountain West or like, you know, the like uh, like big sky or whatever. Like we're like Pac 12 is one of the power fives. Like, yeah. Like this is up there with big 10 SEC. Like this is it. this is a big deal. Like this isn't anything to, to, to to just skip over here. So what if, yeah it's not something, what if some of the other conferences like like kind of also kind of follow suit with this?
0: Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. yeah, it's gonna be one of those things where it's like all these other kind of conferences just kind of fall into place, well,
1: well then do we see do we potentially see a thing where um uh, where higher level recruits start trickling into smaller conferences.
0: Yeah. I mean, because Notre Dame just got announced for the ACC schedule. I don't know if you saw that. I did, yeah. Notre yep. Dame's schedule, they're technically an ACC team, even though anyone that knows, Notre Dame is independent. Yeah. So they don't have any affiliation to any conference, but they got lumped in with the ACC this year. And I just yeah. – I don't know, man. I don't have a good feeling about college football. I don't have a good feeling about sports at all. We're yeah. going to talk about that well, I think. I guess kind of my my big thought on
1: this one, too, even outside of other conferences following is I'm curious to see how this shakes loose just in the sense of and we're going to kind of talk about this a little bit more, but does this open up the realm for the, you know, the quote-unquote student-athletes getting more control and getting more power and kind of as much as people want to think, oh, I mean, the NCAA doesn't need these kids. Like, they're replaceable. Eh, there's a there's yeah. a there's a drastic talent difference from the number one ranked quarterback in the nation to maybe the twentieth, and if that yeah. if that keeps happening, and if you know especially if a if a farm league pops up, um, and if the farm league yeah. kind of starts like acquiring all the top top uh, nations talent, all of a sudden mm-hmm. the NCAA is going to start hurting for money big time.
0: Yeah, for real. So, um, but I mean. So going from college to the pros though, um, they're dealing with COVID their own way, you know. Uh for anyone that hasn't been noticing yet, professional sports are kind of trying to create this bubble. Seems like the NBA kind of uh we're gonna touch on this a little bit later, but the NBA kind of has a, a system that that's working pretty well and baseball is just in reckless abandon right now. <laughs> but the NFL is something that uh is the most physical of all the sports. I mean, some people would would say that hockey is, but um, I'm I'm thinking you're up in people's faces every single yeah. play in football. Yeah, so there's
1: hockey's a little more strategic, but the NFL has, I mean, offensive and defensive linemen are doing hand-to-hand combat every play. So, yeah.
0: and we kind of touched on this on on uh, word up or bird up this week, but uh, it's it's weird because the re- the the possibility of your quarterback being out because of covid is very real mm-hmm. and who's the most who's the person closest to the starting quarterback is the backup yep so if they're in contact with somebody that comes in contact with covid they're both out mm-hmm. you know and this week man we've seen a lot of people get put on the covid list and not people that you know some rando yep. matt Stafford, uh starting quarterback for the lions mm-hmm. you know look uh, I don't know who their backup is, but yikes! Um, Doug Peterson actually has COVID. Yep, he's tested positive for it. So that's another thing, man. Like it's like wow. And then Gardner Minshew for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We were mentioning it a little bit off air. You know their backup quarterback is Mike Glennon. Yikes! Yep. Um, they just gave up Nick Foles yep. to go to Chicago, and now they're in a situation where. If Minshew can't kind of come back, you know, or he might be a little rusty because he might have to be off for two, three weeks. Um, the season's closer than people think it is. We're only about 30 days out yeah, from the season starting. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to kind of see how they do this. Obviously, with baseball, it we, they've shown a little bit going from city to city, man. And look, nineteen Marlins players t- test positive. Yep. I just saw Two I Cardinals- today
1: too. I think didn't the Phil- didn't the Phillies just get like fourteen? Yeah, positives? exactly.
0: That's what I'm saying, man. Like it's like so. It's it, that just goes to show you, unless you're in a bubble, this is just, isn't going to work. So like, we thought it would be cool to kind of create an NFL bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, Shane, right off the top, do you think an NFL bubble is possible?
1: Um, in a literal sense, like in an NBA sense, no, um, no. There, there's simply not the square footage to make it possible. Um, yes, because there's
0: 53-man rosters in the NFL and the NBA. I think you only have to have about 15 guys on a team. Plus, yep. not every team in the M- NBA is playing. There's only true. 22 of 30 teams playing very, right very now. Very, true, yeah. So it's not like every team. And you might not think that, you know, that, uh, that extra – let's just do some quick math off the top of my head here. That extra 100 players isn't a lot, but it is when you're trying to keep everybody contained. Yep. You know, that's 100 players you don't got to uh, deal with. That's and that, a, That's you know. an
1: entire section of a hotel.
0: Yeah, and unless you're yep. Lou Williams who likes to go to the strip club for some fucking wings, man, <laughs> uh, the, the bubble seems to be working pretty well. But, like, yeah. the NFL bubble, there's just no way that this is possible. There's no way to isolate teams to a specific city or a specific, or a specific region. Yeah. Um, uh, Odell Beckham came out today. New York Times came out with a thing that said that, He doesn't know why they have a season. Well, he knows why because the owners treat them like property. Which I completely agree with the OBJ. I'm not. I'm not the biggest OBJ guy, but he's spot on here. Yeah. Um, it's something that uh, this really reeks of the NFL owners and the NFL like higher brass Mm -hmm. really just not really giving a fuck about anything but money. They haven't done
1: anything like. We're like you said, like we're about a month out, uh, out from the season and yeah, all that we've gotten from them is just like, well, I mean, they're going to, they're doing zoom workout, workouts they're, they're like social distancing in their, in their facilities. It's like, yeah. yeah, but what are you
0: going to do on game day? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to, like, it's just like, what are you going to play flag football? Like, yeah. oh, once the flag's done, you know? And, yeah. um, some people make that argument now that quarterbacks should just have flags on them. But those are also the same people that think the Confederate flag is an appropriate thing for this <laughs> day and age. But, um, I think that, uh, it's it's kind of wild to me to think about the fact that the NFL had the longest time since COVID started to kind of get ready, and they've done they the, the longest. Time. I think
1: logistically they've done the least.
0: Yeah, and they have. They've mm-hmm. done the least. They've had about six months to prepare for this yep. because they're mm-hmm. probably thinking, well, you know, by the time the season rolls around, this shit's going to be like kind of done. And now, Eep. fucking no, it ain't. There's a second wave coming, bro. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, okay, so.
1: The bubble. Hypothetically, um, I you are Roger Goodell. I don't want to be Roger Goodell, so you're going to be Roger Goodell. Um, okay. And then I'm going to be. Uh, I don't want to be Jerry Jones either. Um, crying out loud, you're Dan Snyder. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I won't be Dan Snyder either. Um, <laughs> um, Dan, just pick an owner. For crying out, Stan Kroenke. I obviously know who, which owner that is. Please explain to the listeners who that is.
0: Uh, that is the owner of the Los Angeles Rams.
1: Okay, I'm down. Um, but uh, um, so let's let's make the bubble. How are we making this work? My, I'm gonna start off with a part of. I'm gonna start this off with my biggest idea.
0: Um, oh boy, we know how famous Shane's biggest ideas are. <laughs> They should fucking tackle each other on the baseball diamond.
1: (laughs) Tell me it's not a bad idea. Um, But uh, I think you break this not necessarily into – I think this year you're almost better off going without divisions.
0: Kind of like how baseball did.
1: Yeah. But with this one, you break it down regionally. So, like – And you kind of make a hub city like – in that region. So it's like, you know, going going from the north, I'm like literally looking at an NFL map right now. So the farthest northeast, we have New England, Buffalo, the Giants, and the Jets. Um, yeah. All probably within what, maybe five, six hours of each other. Um, yeah. And you, Except for Miami. Well, that, that's taking the divisions out of it. So it's like you could put oh, those okay. four teams in a division. Um, yeah. And then have them play at like Gillette or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some centralized location. um Yeah. Cause if there's not, if there's not fans, you don't really have
0: to worry about home, home field advantage. Um, and then my question is how would other teams get up there? Would they just be playing each other?
1: Yeah. So, so I think we start off from there because there's so many teams in that region. So you do a thing where it's like, okay, so for what would that be? Six games. Yeah, um, six games. Those teams cycle through each other, cause that, yeah, cause that's six weeks. Um, yeah, and then just kind of go around. So then from there, we have Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Cleveland. Have those four, have those four teams cycle through their six weeks of games, um, and then. Um, I mean, this, this is really, really easy on the East coast, on the West coast, this gets really freaking difficult, but, um, and then just kind of go around that. So it's like down South would be, uh, you could go Miami St. or not St. Louis, Miami, Miami, the saints, Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, um, and just have them play that hub game. And then maybe for those other games, you kind of, you can trickle in and like kind of cross over a little bit, um,
0: I just think, man, that's a, that's a a tall order. It's a tall order to create a bubble. So the only solution I can see here is there's just no season. Like that's the only solution that I can see here. The the only one, the only
1: one that actually makes the most sense is that there's just no season. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's,
0: that's really, um, that's really like for me, I mean, that's really, and I hate to be that guy. Yeah, I really do. Obviously, I hate to be that guy.
1: We're we're huge football fans, obviously. Yeah. Like um, and
0: I just think that um oh boy. Like you the more you kind of break it down and the more you kind of think about it like look, that's what we talk about on the show. We're football fans, you know? That's what mm-hmm. we talk about, man. We love the NFL and um I don't know, man. I think the only option here is that there's no season. You just say, you know what? We'll just chalk it up to their nothing being here. Um, you don't like kind of charge. See, that's the thing that the, the, the trying to avoid, I suppose, is contract issues. Because how would you handle free agents that are entering free agents and they need one more season? You know, do you just yeah. let them be free agents? or So there's a lot of, that goes into it. And there's a lot that kind of uh, – you have to kind of break it down that way because there's a lot of guys that are going to be paid a lot of money and it's going to be all about the contracts and how they play out. So, um,
1: and hear me out. This is, this is, okay. This might be even more wild than my baseball players wearing shoulder pads idea. Do you remember the old, like, um, they used to do it at like right after the pro bowl. That was like the AFC versus NFC, like skills challenge thing where there's, like, an obstacle course and, like, players kind of doing, like, a Ninja Warrior-style competition thing. Oh, yeah. What if you turn... Instead of having a season, what if you kind of turn it into, like, a content thing? So it's, like, you take... um, You take, like, team representatives, if you will. You know, you have one or two representatives from each side of the ball. And you or actually it wouldn't be two. So you take like one from each position group. So, you know, you have a quarterback, you have a a running back or wide receiver, a lineman, defensive lineman, linebacker, cornerback. And then like one, like a kicker or punter. Um, Uh And you take them to that hub city idea, because even then you're under your 10 person cap. So it's like, yeah, you can social distance. You can do all that fun stuff. And then you just do skill challenges and kind of do like a us versus so, you know, we'll take the, but let's run with like Tampa Bay versus St. Louis. So that you take, yeah. like you could take Tom. There's Brady.
0: no fucking St. Louis team, Shane. Sorry. Stop I mean,
1: saying, I mean the saints, I don't know what the heck is going on there, but, um, uh, but so you take like, you take Tom Brady, you take. Um, now, LaShawn McCoy, and then you take. Um, Mike Evans. And then, like, a couple of defensive players, and you go and take them up, up against the like Drew Brees, uh, and just a couple of their position players, and then have them be like, Okay, like, quarterbacks, like, you got to drop the ball in the hat, like, you know, you got to, you know, do the that deep corner throw. Christ, thing.
0: so the whole season would just be a skills competition. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. I'd watch it, <laughs> and then oh do, you God. can do like and a. The fact that you couldn't mention Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara would be the other two for the Saints would be, it's fucking. I mean, just blowing my mind. I was thinking of them. I was trying to think of
1: defensive players, and I can't think of defensive players for either. So why
0: in the hell would Drew Brees be? Why would in the hell would Drew Brees be paired up with defensive players when the other team is Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and fucking Sean McCoy? (laughs) Well, I mean, like, because you
1: know, having having a representative from each position group. Me throwing you're all t- fucking
0: – you're crazy. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> just cancel the goddamn season.
1: I mean, it's as easy as that. Like, honestly. You told me that you wouldn't watch, like, do all that and then for offensive and defensive line. And then, fucking 16 just, weeks? No. Eh, 16, Come on. 16 weeks would
0: be hard. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, that's like, a, that's, that's like making the assumption that, like, and in hockey when they have a shootout, overtime is just Tom Brady throwing a fucking ball in a garbage can. That that's that's the overtime rule now. That's how you split up a tie. You I know, mean, we're just gonna throw well, up this fucking net. It
1: doesn't here. have to be that. It could be offensive defensive linemen, you know, hot dog eating contest and bench Get pressing. Get
0: the fuck out of here, dude. Get the fuck <laughs> I sit here listening to you ramble on about this bullshit. I sit here and I and I put up with it because it's entertaining. But I gotta draw the line yep. here, buddy. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. I, just rambling on and I feel to like if I I'd still this, listen look. to it. Look, or, I mean, watch it. I think, I think that even with me bringing this up, if I wouldn't have interrupted you, you would have kept going on some fucking mindless tangent <laughs> that isn't good for anybody, isn't good um, for the brand or nothing. Okay. I know. I know our listeners would side with me on this one. I don't know, man. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Collective yeah. and at Rain Shiley and see, uh, you know, let us know. Like, uh, do you think the NFL should be in a bubble, you know? Uh, It's something that, uh, fuck... (gasps) And I mean at
1: this point Or do you think it'd be fun point, for them to have like a nice recess style challenges all over the
0: place? Recess style like straight up we're Tom Brady's football. gonna be like, I played I've played twenty years in this goddamn league and now we're settling things with fucking and I'm currently watching my field. starting
1: left guard try and eat as many hot dogs in, in five minutes yes. as he can.
0: I mean just watching it from just watching it from the television monitor, just looking on and wondering in horror where in my life yeah, that's looking on and being like, Jesus Christ. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know your NFL bubble thoughts and see if it's much different than ours. Probably will be. Um, I think the NFL season should be canceled yeah. because I, it's look, I'm look. i just a liberal snowflake that thinks that I care about people too much. And so I want people to be healthy and other people are just shouting profanities at people wearing masks, which is um, it's fun. Bizarre. It's fun to think about. <laughs> yes uh it is bizarre but uh we're not gonna get into that uh but yeah another big news today and uh look man i mean this is big big time news shano are you ready for this i'm ready for it i mean come on like i think this is something we have a buyer we have a buyer in the xfl do you know who it is um hmm let me give you a little bit of a hint Alright. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. Let me give you a little bit of a hint here. Smile, when the rock is cooking. That's right. It's the rock. Yeah, the people. rock says football. The, the rocks <laughs> the rock buys the XFL, which is hilarious to me. Out but of the ownership nowhere. is changed out of nowhere. Yeah. Come on, he just bought it today. Um, he uh, Bought it today with his business partner. And and look, I think that it is very well documented that there is no NFL, like as much as you want there to be, Shane, Mm -hmm. there's no room for an NFL breeding ground in America. But apparently nobody can get that fucking clue through their head. Nobody can understand
1: that. This kind of alludes back to the thought, though, with the Pac-12 opt-out conversation, can the XFL become the NFL Farm League? You know, that's
0: what, but that's what McMahon wanted it to be,
1: but that's what, you know, then... but let's be real here. McMahon's losing his mind. Um, and I think the rock is a. I I truly think that the rock is kind of usurping McMahon as being the best business person in wrestling
0: personally. I don't, even... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, let me just off from that think... discussion. Yes, I mean it. it made me uh, made me really ponder where I was at right there. But uh, COVID will be taking me over soon. But um, <laughs> I uh, look. A lot of people are on the Vince McMahon is a genius bandwagon, and I get it. He's been around for for a lot of years. But like when it comes to anything outside of wrestling, it has shown that Vince McMahon's business acumen is not what it should be. Nope. You look at things like the WBF, the World Bodybuilding Federation. Which in 1990... I, I literally didn't know that was a thing. Exactly. In 92, he signed Lex Luger away from WCW, but couldn't technically sign him to the WWF, so he signed him to the WBF so that it was just a bodybuilding thing until his WCW <laughs> contract ran out. Then he signed him to the WWF, but... Um, that's a little fun fact for all of our wrestling fans hey. that listen, but um, but yeah, so I mean, this is this is shown obviously. Tried the XFL in 2000, uh, they did have a, the sweetest name ever, the New York Hitmen, it's a sick yep. fucking football name. Um, but uh, I, I mean, that one failed miserably. Um, that, that classic story where Lauren Michaels, uh, the, the dude that runs Saturday Night Live, was like yelling at NBC about getting this fucking thing off the air so that Saturday Night Live could start because the XFL was running because one of their generators blew or something because they didn't put enough gas in it. Shane, I'm not making this up. An XFL game lost power because the generator didn't have enough gas in it. Just imagine them just like –
1: imagine going to like a a quote-unquote or an alleged professional football event and just hearing the the roaring of a generator while walking into the stadium –
0: yeah, like it's just like <laughs> wait a minute here, and then, um, what's the first thing you saw in two thousand one when he bought when, when he started the XFL? What's the first thing you saw? The Rock walking out to midfield. Yep, and immediately people were like, "This is wrestling. This is not football." Yeah, because then yeah. you had like Austin. The announcers were Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. For Christ's sakes, like should've I'm dead been good. serious. It like, should have been good. I, I mean, it should have been on paper, mm-hmm. but when you have like fucking. When you, I remember they had those cameras that would, like, go in the locker room, and it was so fucking revolutionary that this was going on. And the cheerleaders were really scandalous, and it was big news at the time. And it was just like, this is kind of ridiculous. Yep. Like this whole thing is fucking ridiculous, <laughs> you know? And this is why Dick Ebersol was like, I don't want anything to do with the second season. <laughs> then, fast forward to 2018, this motherfucker's trying again, which I knew was going to fail because yep. they also had the American – Football Alliance or something, AAF that fucking failed after seven games. The XFL now look. Granted, the XFL got taken out like everything else by COVID. Okay, it got COVID got its hooks in the XFL, and that probably played a role. But now turns out Oliver Luck is like they're in a like a legal battle and all this Mm -hmm. shit. And Oliver Luck's like, Jesus Christ, like I should have never fucking signed on for this. But this guy's gonna pay me twenty five million dollars. Why the fuck not? You know. And now it turns out the rock buys the XFL out of bankruptcy. So well,
1: I think, here we are. I think also didn't he only buy the wasn't it only like 15 million to buy the league? Yeah. For the whole fucking league. It was 15 million dollars. <laughs> that is like that is like that in perspective. The, that's like second-tier
0: defensive lineman money. Yeah. Well, let me put this in perspective for you. When the WWF bought WCW, they bought it for four million dollars. That's everything. That's the entire video library from 1980-whatever, 1984 to 2001. You got for $4 million, man. That is pennies on the dollar. That is pennies on the dollar, man.
1: At that low low buying price, the thing is, like, the amount of money that The Rock makes.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't even want to look at this dude's bank book. And we talked a little bit off-air about how Jeff Bezos made, what, $5 billion in the last three months. but. The Rock, I mean, The Rock is look, and and here's the thing: as a wrestling fan, I love The Rock. As a wrestler, mm-hmm. as an actor, eh. eh he, he put that some he eh, crushed, you it know what in, I mean?
1: Uh, he crushed it in Jumanji. I thought,
0: shut the fuck up! I have never even seen Jumanji because look, you can't you can't redo that motherfucker, right? The it's only good. movie that I thought The Rock was really standout-ish in was Moana. Ah, uh, he did really, really good in that movie. Yeah, because I've, I've I've watched it twelve fucking times, <laughs> but um,
1: but so I he, think I mean Rock- this just in the rocks net worth as of twenty twenty, as of June sixth, his net worth is three hundred and twenty million dollars. Jesus
0: Christ! Um, so like here's the thing: it's almost
1: the the league, and he, also with him not being the sole owner here, the league isn't going to run out of money. You're right. Um, like that's. And I think you know, he's that, that... he's a good enough entertainer cuz that's the thing is like I as long as they don't call him DJ like he did on that freaking Titan game Titan games shirt um um show Ugh. um I think this will work if it if it's the rock and not DJ running this thing I think we're going to be in good shape
0: It's not going to be the rock it's going to be Dwayne Johnson okay because he doesn't want to be associated with The Rock anymore. And it's a fucking bummer. Because I remember when I was a kid, I looked up to that guy so much. I still kind of do. Yeah. I mean, the guy's got the guy's got a business acumen, like nobody's fucking business, yep. you know. Um, but I mean, for me, the rock is the rock, the wrestler, you know. So mm-hmm. I always wanted it to kind of be that situation. So um But look, I, I think it's it's cool, but at the same time, man, like it's like I just think they're trying to create like a G League like the NBA has, and it's yeah. just not going to happen. I well, I,
1: I hope it does, to be honest with you, because I all these collegiate athletes that have been that have been getting screwed out of money. Um, I think it's time for them to get broken off. And I hope The Rock is uh, the guy who, who leads it, because another thing, I mean, The Rock did play college football back in the day.
0: Well, look, so, uh, i i heard a I heard a Warren Sapp story that was really funny. Oh, he yeah. was on the Rich Eisen show, and he played defensive tackle at Miami the same oh, time the fucking yeah. Rock did. And he goes, "What they don't tell you is that the Rock started behind me." And Rich Eisen's like, "Why don't they ever say that?" And he goes, "Because look at the he's the Rock. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Like you're gonna create your own fucking narrative?" <laughs> you know what I mean? But like Warren Sapp started in well, front of him. Like he wasn't even a starter at Miami. Was Ray you know? Lewis also on that team? Um, so no, because that was early nineties. That was, had to have been like 92, 93 Ray Lewis. I think I would dra- maybe actually now that I think about it, Let let's, uh, me, I'm going to type it in the old Google machine yeah, here. Google that bad boy. But yeah, that'd be but like,
1: cause imagine if, imagine if that team was Ray Lewis, Warren Sapp and Dwayne,
0: the rock Johnson. Ray Lewis and Dwayne The Rock Johnson both played for the Miami Hurricanes in 1991. <laughs> oh, my God. What the fuck, man? Just imagine, like, you get
1: – imagine, like, a gang tackle where you get hit by The Rock and <laughs> Ray Lewis at the same time.
0: Oh, my God. And then who else played? It says Rohan Marley. Not Rohan Marley. Which is Marley. Son of – yeah, the the son of Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Bob Marley. What a team. What a team. Yeah, I'm telling you. What a just absolute stud defensive line right there. But no, anyway, yeah. What like and, I think And that was pre Ray Lewis murder. So like it wasn't even like Don't get me started on the Ray Lewis murder, because that he's guilty as fuck. But <laughs> um I think that look, my dad always joked about that. He always said that uh when you have millions, you know, and you tell somebody, Hey man, you take the fall, man, I'll take care of your kid's college tuition. Mm-hmm. You will not got to worry about nothing. Yeah. Come on, man. People don't mind doing that. But, um, uh, so the rock and Ray Lewis and, and Warren Sapp playing on the same team seems like a fucking, seems like some kind of thing out of the twilight zone or something. <laughs> but, uh, I think that uh, the Rock and the XFL here, it's a pretty interesting thing to say. I'm I'm not going to
1: hold on too tight, but I think this has potential to work with the Rock running it.
0: Well, look, I mean, you've said this before, and uh,
1: you know what I mean. I've been right.
0: I I know. (laughs) Yeah, I've been right on multiple occasions. (laughs) But, I mean, we have a couple of other things to talk about, Mm -hmm. though. We're not just going to keep it all football today because we're fucking crazy. But, look, look. I've talked more about baseball in the last couple of weeks, and I swore I wouldn't anymore. I said I would not anymore, but there was two things that happened to baseball. Yes. (laughs) yes, Shane insisted before we went on the air that we talk about baseball. So um, we're going to kind of get into a little bit of this. First of all, 19 Marlins players, a bunch of Phillies players, and a couple of Cardinals players tested positive for COVID. But don't worry. The MLB is still pushing along, just being like, you know what? It's okay. I
1: have heard from – a source, an indirect source, that apparently there are discussions around the MLB of a of of the season getting canned soon.
0: Yeah, I got just being like, "Yo, oh, dude, I it, got someone done. who who
1: has a friend whose sister works in the MLB."
0: What? Hmm. Wow, look at Shane with that's, the that's, inside that's information. Actually, that's
1: actually not made up. That's actually, I've had that conversation so.
0: Well, um, I would hope not, man. You you can't be bringing non-facts on yeah. the show here. Yeah. Um, but you know, so, so um, if,
1: if you hear, heard it here first, um, if it comes out true, we are the most reputable news source on the internet. Yes, we
0: are. Adam Schefter can kiss our asses
1: if it's if you Adam, if you're listening, that's not true. Um, no, but um, big, fan.
0: <laughs>
1: big fan. Big fan. If it's not true, um, that
0: person is no longer my friend. So, yeah. Wow. Putting that out on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, saying if the the season isn't canceled, which um, I could see it being um, the two things. I mean, that's the three things, I guess the the first thing that stuck out to me was God damn. Like since they're traveling in cities, everybody's getting fucking COVID and it's going to be bad. It's going to be fucking bad. It's almost second. is real. Yeah. It's almost (laughs) like, Hey, wait a minute. This isn't a fucking hoax. This isn't a way to just dethrone Trump from beginning reelected. Wait a minute. Um, Also, um, Aaron Judge hit a fucking home run that had no he, business staying in any stadium ever. He's, at, he's it hit five crushed,
1: straight. It like, dude, f- or five games with business. a homer.
0: Dude, the guy looks like a fucking Neanderthal. Just, he's like six eight, two six. He's fucking huge. Just hitting but, dong shots. Like I mean, he's fucking. He destroyed this baseball, and I saw a highlight. So anyone that's going to at me, I did not watch baseball. I just saw a highlight of because it. I have hobbies. Crushed, uh. Yes, <laughs> and he crushed this fucking baseball. Also, they're piping in crowd noises, is really funny when a home run goes out and there's nobody it's fucking there. Always <sighs> home run. Yeah, like it's like, well, wait a minute, there's nobody fucking there. You know. Yep. The third thing that stuck out to me was my boy Joe Kelly. For those who don't know, my boy Joe Kelly he pitches for the Dodgers, and he went on a little bit of a tangent which look I went on record to say this the team that is very excited the covid hit are the Houston Astros yep because look they were um they were in some trouble uh the Astros look you live Joe Kelly rock. ends up yeah <laughs> absolutely Joe Kelly ends up hitting a couple of Astros in a row gets ejected and gets suspended for eight games but you know what well, completely no, completely well, justified that's
1: not that's not what he got ejected for because he, yeah, exactly. he ejected because he, he threw one over guy's head, and then the next pitch struck him out. And then on his way back to the to the dugout was talking all the trash. Um, oh, shit. That, yeah, like, didn't he say, like, fuck you or something? Saying, yeah, he, he dropped some FUs, dropped, like, a well, you can't hit if you can't cheat, like, um, and then Ooh, hit him with, wow. like, the baby, like, pout face, like. Um, and then it kind of created a bench clearer, like, Not brawl, but everyone's kind of like, "No, like, we didn't cheat that bad." But everyone else is kind of like, "No, like, y'all cheated," and kind of made fun of a whole bunch. Um,
0: What the? Why is there levels of cheating? Why is that something that like I only slightly cheated on this math test? I (laughs) only looked at two questions. Um, Well, you still cheated. Like, it's still cheating. You know, like. um, And then, uh, and then uh,
1: I believe I don't even know if he got ejected from that game the whole way, but he ended up getting like an eight game suspension. Um, Yeah. Which equates to like, I think it would have it equals out to like a twenty some game suspension or something crazy like that.
0: Um, yeah, I mean because you're only playing sixty games. Yeah, but but, it, um, dude, it's awesome. I think
1: this is the sort of stuff yeah. that baseball needs. It needs personality, It needs some fun. Um, yeah. So I'm I mean, it's not fun it. to
0: throw a hundred mile an hour fastball yeah, at somebody's
1: head. We're not condoning that, um, but the the like, um, the the talking trash and like all that stuff, all about it all about
0: yeah it. Um, oh hell yeah man! because baseball does baseball needs to get out of the fucking dark ages it needs to get out of these people that are like deeply rooted in this babe ruth yeah. culture is what yeah. i call it uh they always talk about like the babe ruth culture like they're always talking about like how good baseball used to be when people used to huddle around the radio well this isn't nineteen forty anymore bro <laughs> like this isn't we need pitch clocks. We need things like this to speed the fucking game up. We because need power-ups. Like we need steroids. Yes. I mean, all of them. <laughs> the power-ups. <laughs> like, look, I think Barry Bonds should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. Fuck. Well, I guess I can't say that because I'm kind of a hypocrite when I say that because I'm like, the Astros cheated True, and Barry yeah. Bonds <laughs> is It's kind of the same fucking thing. But, yep. like, not every Astro is going to get fucking inducted in the Hall of Fame. But um, I think Barry Bonds should absolutely be yeah. – um, but I absolutely think he was on the juice as well, because yep. if you look at Barry Bonds when he played for the Pirates and you look at Barry Bonds. It wasn't when much he bigger than I was. <laughs> yes, um, And then he ended up looking like fucking Dwayne, the rock Johnson, you know, um, I think there's definitely some juice going on there. One of my favorite. And we're not talking problems. about Capri Sun
1: people. Oh, Capri Sun's good. Um, one of my favorite things about this whole process is with the Astros here. Um, I believe between their their like big three Altuve, uh, Bregman, I can't remember what the third guy's name is. They're like zero twenty three in the last Good. like, and it's funny because it's not only ever like it's not just the Dodgers, it's not just the whole MLB. The announcers are making fun of the Astros at this point. Yeah, um like the it's one dude at
0: this fucking point, you know. The
1: one announcer in that Dodgers game said, uh, like it was like a two man booth, and the one guy was like, oh, um, they got like. Got him guessing. And then the other announcer chimes in with a guessing is a lot harder than knowing.
0: (laughs) Oh oh, my man. Look at that, huh? Look at this. Everybody's fucking in on it. And like my dad is a big culprit of this. So what if they fuck he's like, I hope they win the World Series just to shut everybody up. "Mm, And I'm like (laughs) You fucking my dad also lives in a time where he thinks Roberto Clemente uh, you know what I mean, like was oh that's when baseball died when he died. And I'm like wasn't the seven? I don't see baseball. <laughs> yeah, Come on man, like it's just like, but uh, look, I, I hate fucking baseball. We've been on, we've been on record on this yep. show talking about it. Talked a little bit about it with your boy Joey Lanzalotto. Mm-hmm. He's a big Yankees fan, but uh, but I thought big shout out to Joey because that Aaron Judge home run was fucking smashed. Yep. I mean, it's fucking dude. I I've never hit a baseball that far in my fucking life, man. And I guarantee, if I ever did, I'd be talking all kinds of shit in them bases. Oh, I'd freaking be like
1: walk around the base come on man like back. if
0: i crushed a ball because to hit a ball that far you have to connect completely with it like you have to connect 100 percent. and as soon as it flies off the bat you're like that motherfucker is gone <laughs> you know they say that in their head like as soon as they hit it, they're like that fucker's gone. out of here man <laughs> it's fucking out of here dude look at this fucking rainmaker over here you know dude and uh <sighs> I don't know. I'd be the more you think about it. If I was in the MLB,
1: I'd be the worst baseball player of all time. Not in oh, the sense absolutely. of talent I'd level, be the biggest shit but ever. I would do like, I would have you know the racing stripes like shaved into the side of my head. Like I'd have. Oh yeah. I'd, I'd have fucking, fucking cream cleats on.
0: Like. <laughs> I would just be that guy that's uh, you know, that those guys that are just fucking wild, you know, because it doesn't seem like they have. I'd one hundred percent would be
1: the Deion Sanders of baseball.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Uh, you know, so, prime time. My man, <laughs> prime time. But, uh, one of the first jerseys I ever owned was a Cowboys Deion Sanders jersey, so that's kind of nice. Um the Falcon's one then, kind of, you know, rounding the bases here, if you will, and um, talking about every sport, the NBA seems to be the only fucking people that, first of all, care about people's health. Yep. Second of all, care about social issues that you should be caring about. These fucking people that just say, just shut up and play. Fuck you, man. They're using their they're using their platform for yep. something. You, you should be
1: proud of them. You wanted them to be a role model five years
0: ago. Here they are. Yes. Yes. You wanted them to be a role model five years ago. I swear to God, if they were out there going, well, Ezekiel 13 1 says, you know, you'd be like, oh, man, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love that he's sitting up there preaching. But the fact that they're talking about real fucking tangible issues right now, mm-hmm. that bothers you for some fucking reason? Yep. You know, especially in the NBA, which I would say, 75% predominantly uh, minority. Mm-hmm. Um, look, they're standing up for what they believe in, and, and God bless them, man. Yep. Good for you. Yeah. You know, they have Black Lives Matter on the court. Uh, I did watch the Clippers-Lakers game from the other night. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to win it all if they if they finish the season because I think you can't bet against Kawhi Leonard. What do you think?
1: I'd agree with that. Um, I've been yeah. meaning to, to start watching games more and more because I, I genuinely just – like how the nba is handling everything um yeah so i want like i know it's only one view rating or whatever you want to call it but i want to you know I, like i used to be a big baseball or basketball guy. And i want to get back into it so um, yeah. you know, um i would 100 percent. i would I would echo that because Kawhi's a freak yeah. and i
0: love him yeah um aaron Rodgers bought a stake in the milwaukee bucks i think that was a while ago but hmm. um but the milwaukee bucks is another team that uh, has the potential to win it all, and and they are a team you don't really hear about too much besides the Greek yeah. freak you know, from Giannis. From what um, I've heard, because I've
1: I, I work with uh, with some pretty big NBA guys. Shout out to Jacob and Jordan, um, who are saying that, who have told me that the Bucks don't have a chance just because they only have
0: Giannis. Huh. I mean, you're probably, I mean, they have Chris Middleton and they have a couple of other players. Listen to me, like, I, mean, I actually like What are you being an insider? Uh, well, look, uh, I think I heard Chris Middleton somewhere, like, uh, by the water cooler, shall I say. Um, I don't think that's something that's, I mean, I'm not going to go out and fucking, you know, be a big-time NBA guy. But, like, I think the NBA is kind of weird because uh, my dad always told me, he was like, uh the NBA is unwatchable because they don't have fundamentals, and it's just a show. And I'm like, that's what people are fucking missing with sports these days. Sports aren't just about they're they're about entertaining you. Yeah, I want to watch somebody jump from the half court line and dunk yeah, basketball. I don't if, like, if, if somebody yeah if somebody goes in and does a 360 tomahawk, I'm going to be like, Jesus Christ, I, hell yeah. Yeah, I, I will never be like, man, I wish that was a layup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I wish you would have just fucking laid it up. at no point would it be like that, you know, Um, but man, I I think it's, I,
1: man, I mean, I guess jumping over seven feet seven foot tall people and putting your elbow in the room is pretty cool, but I would just like a really, really good, just, you know, a nice locked and loaded solid free throw.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, look, not everybody can shoot free throws like Shaq who was falling over and, um, You know, it, it looked like he was sleeping half the time, but uh, shout out to Big Shaq. Hey. But, like, um, I think it's, uh, yeah, a, a regular contributor here at the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. Actually, the official shoe of board Up or Bird Up or Shaq Force One, so True. Uh, <laughs> we have that going for us. But, uh, yeah, so the NBA, they seem like they're kind of doing the bubble right. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's all I really got to yeah. say about it. Uh, the NBA is just kind of, Doing things right, so shout out to the NBA. Yeah, yep. Never thought I'd say it, man. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I mean that kinda brings us to the end of the show. And Shane, we're gonna end on a somber note, buddy. Yeah. Yep. So let's uh you know what? There's only one way to set this mood, buddy. All right, there's only one way to set the mood for, for the heel of the week this week. I mean, there's only one way, I believe. Man. I was I was dreading this. Yes, I was as well. Um, oh, boy. You, like, I, you want me to do it? Go ahead. Well, the Heel of the Week this week is... Yeah, the Heel
1: of the Week, um, August 3rd, 2020. The Heel of the Week is Corey Taylor.
0: Oh, uh, Corey Taylor. Uh, this is a for, sad, sad day. What he did,
1: um, you know... As we're doing the retrospective of slipping and all that fun stuff, you know, a man who's had a nearly spotless music career. Yeah. Um,
0: yes. Has, has been, a, seemed to be a pretty respectful human being. Sides um, has come out today with a fucking song that is the worst song of all time, I do believe. See, and if it's not the worst song, it's up it's there. the
1: worst song of all time. Um, I mean, it's it sounds the like the worst song of all time. Look,
0: we well, are it is the worst song of all time. Okay, well, look, okay, that's uh, <laughs> I remember uh, you know, you telling me a little bit about that and being like, you know what, um, you sent it to me, I listened to it. Um, With no, I, I didn't say anything to it, I, was, I just sent the link. Yes, and I listened to it, and it features two rappers, Tech Nine and somebody else I've never heard of, <laughs> and Corey Taylor raps in it, and um, man, I'm almost like like tearing up here. <laughs> um, song sucks. You know, it's a um, gigantic, dude. It's unbelievably I mean, bad. bad. <laughs> if you haven't listened to it yet, please uh, do yourself a favor and either do. Go into it with an open mind and not as a Slipknot or a Stone Sour fan. And, um, oh boy. What was it? It's back. It CMFT, I think it's called. Yes, Story Motherfucking Taylor. <laughs> that's, what <it's> <laughs> that's what the song's called. Um, yeah, that's what the song's called. Uh, he has a championship belt, which I mean, here at the Heel Turn Collector, we're very excited about That's cool. Obviously, a wrestling fan. Okay. Uh, big thumbs up for that. But the song as a whole. So I listened to it and I listened to it again and I wanted to break it down. I wanted to be kind of unbiased here and I (laughs) kind of wanted to be like, you know what, let me, let me kind of see where he's coming from. And Shane, I just can't, my man, I cannot get over this fucking song. I can't do it. Yeah. Like, Corey Taylor raps in this fucking song. He raps in there.
1: And I get it. It's kind of a bold move to rap in a song and feature two rappers that do it professionally. Yes. Yes. Because it's like,
0: like, you're bad at this. This is hard to talk about. This is hard to talk about because Corey Taylor is my favorite singer of all time. It leaves you
1: speechless. I like... I literally, yes, don't, I literally uh, don't know what, what to say about the song other than it is just, it's an abomination.
0: It's pretty bad. Like, um, never thought Corey Taylor would be the heel of the week here, but yeah. He definitely is, buddy. Yep. Like, it's just, I can't say enough bad about the song. Like, yeah. It's just not good. Okay, like,
1: shortlist what's good about the song?
0: Okay. So, what's good about the song is the opening riff sounds like a wrestling theme song. That's it. That's all I can think of. That's literally, that's where it begins and ends with the good stuff. That's it. It, it probably um, plays the chorus like nine times in that song. Yeah. I mean, that's uh Jesus Christ. So, um, so there's only one kind of way to describe this. Um, uh, so me and you were kind of talking about it earlier, I'll just read you. I'll just read you what you sent me, Shano. Your description of the song <clears throat> from my text messages will be: Here's the thing, it's the worst song I've ever heard. <laughs> it's the worst song I've ever heard. <laughs> strong words from Shane and strong way to end the show here. Yep. Um, the worst song we have ever heard. So yep. then also, that's kind of
1: fun. Also, kind of cool thing, too. Um, kind of one of the new consistent things: Face of the Week, Joe Kelly
0: he's yeah. a man face of the week you yep. know what thank you joe kelly yeah. you are the man yeah thanks. so he's the face of the corey taylor yeah before you Not write similar. any more
1: music like that sleep on it think about it a little yeah. bit more just um, think
0: about it and then uh kind of take it from there joe, but uh joe kelly keep embodying the heel turn turn collective yes uh keep uh keep embodying Being that, that wrestling heel every single day. So um, with that being said, that brings us to the end of the show, Shano. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. uh, I think we had a great show today. We talked about a lot of shit. So if you like what we're doing, go check out the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network on Facebook. We have three shows a week, Sunday, Tuesday, and Friday. We got, we cover all kinds of shit coming up. Um, Sundays are word up or bird up with me and our boy, Jordan Dukes. Mm -hmm. Tuesday's obviously here with me and Shane, on the heel turn collective podcast and Friday with me and Joe on one with the undercard where we talk about all elite wrestling and all of that. Like, so if you like what you hearing here, make sure you go to Facebook, hit that like button and just kind of see what we got going on. I almost said like, and subscribe, but it's like, it's a YouTube channel, but um, (laughs) we are starting a YouTube channel. We are starting a Twitch. Mm -hmm. Yes. uh, We're going to get, we got plans in motion for those to kind of bring you additional content uh, for the for the radio network and just making sure everybody's kind of um, we have everything kind of covered as far as just being able to create great content all the time so if you like what you're hearing please make sure you like it on facebook uh hit us up at collective heel on twitter is me mm-hmm. at rain Shiley is shane yep. uh we talk shit on twitter all the time and it's awesome uh but yeah other than that my man is there any parting words before we get the hell out of here no um as if As if uh, anyone, or as if
1: Patrick Mahomes couldn't get richer, he now owns a stake in the Royals too. So,
0: yeah, crazy stuff. Yes, it is. But uh, till next week, we got a lot of cool guests coming down the pike as well. So make sure you stick around. I mean, we've been kind of guest list uh, for the last couple of weeks, but we're going to kind of get you know back in that motion, getting some people on here talking about some shit Mm -hmm. you don't normally hear them talking about. You know, guys in music talking about sports, guys in sports talking about music you know, we're kind of bringing everything to life. If you haven't checked out the rest of the episodes in the archives, please do. Uh, we have great conversations with Andy from A Plea for Purging, Garrett from Silent Planet, John, uh, the former drummer of Life In Your Way and the current drummer of Comrades. Uh, great conversations mm-hmm. we have as well as Joey Lanzolotto and um, Jeremy Worst. We talk about all kinds of shit, so if you mm-hmm. haven't checked those out, Please do. And our boy, Sam Romsberg, who's going to be a regular contributor here on the show. Congratulations to yep. Sam. Just had his son, a beautiful baby boy named Jesse. So shout out to, to Sam. I'm sure he'll be on the show soon enough and we'll be talking all kinds Wait, of shit. Sam or the baby? I mean, both. I mean, look, I, I believe that that baby will be a certified homeboy so uh but yeah i mean other than that just make sure you're trying to follow along with us as much as you can Uh, we got all kinds of exciting shit coming up so with that being said my friends until next week i will see you around the bend Mm -hmm. deuces we will see you around the bend deuces (sighs)